Hi there, I'm Stefan Eady, Assistant Head of School for Academic Affairs at Darlington, and welcome to the Darlington Podcast. Today, we'll be talking about how technology is integrated into Darlington's curriculum and what that looks like for students of all ages. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. And also have Matt Enderley, upper school math teacher, and a great bonus guest, Patrick Cash, fourth graders from Rome. Good to have you all with me. Uh, Beth, we'll start with you. Uh, maybe we can tag team this for a little bit. We're really excited this week because we're announcing that Darlington has been named an Apple Distinguished School for the third time in a row. Uh, this is after five years of being an Apple Distinguished School. So that's very exciting. Very exciting. This year, we were tasked with a new process for becoming an Apple Distinguished School. In the past, we've had to publish a book that kind of tells our story. Um, it's several pages long. It goes through um, our whole history, the innovation that we're looking forward to, some of our goals, what our classroom environments look like. Um, and so it's a great way to kind of tell our story of what our amazing students and teachers are doing every single day. However, this year we had to change the process a little bit. We had to condense our story into a two-page newsletter, which may seem easier, but is actually a lot more difficult because you have to tell your story in a much shorter time um, with a lot of data-driven points. Um, but the great thing is we're doing that every day in our classroom, so it wasn't really hard to pull all that data from surveys that we've had with teachers and parents and students and then pull some of the stories from the classroom out. We also had to do an interview process, which was really exciting because I love any chance I get to talk about our teachers and students. That's great. So, I mean, to talk about this a little bit more, uh, I wrote a, a blog that came out this past Tuesday. This podcast is coming out on Thursday. And uh, the blog tried to get a little bit of a background, but it was talking about some myths, some maybe some misconceptions we have. And I thought maybe we could just go through those real quick uh, in case our listening audience uh, includes some uh, some people who are not reading <laughs> the blog, which is fine. You can, I know you can we'll link to this on the podcast afterwards as well. But um, I think one of the common myths that I get uh, is that the uh, the program that we developed here at Darlington was made specifically to to get this Apple School dis distinguished uh, uh, you know acknowledgement, um, which which isn't true. Um, we started this, um, actually it's been almost more than 10 years ago, uh, started back in 2011 with a group of teachers who were tasked with creating um, some new approach to technology uh, at Darlington. Um, and it's, it's amazing to think back to that time because what came out of that group uh, was, it wasn't a device program, it was an idea that we needed an integrated technology and curriculum. Um, so maybe tell us real quick, just briefly, technology integrated curriculum, what, is, what exactly does that mean? So as we've stated many times, our approach to technology is not let's have a separate technology or computer class where the students go for an hour and learn technology or computer. It's totally integrated into our curriculum because that's how it is in college and that's how it is in the real world. So the students are taught, um, you know, from a pretty early age how to handle devices, what's appropriate use and not. And then how to start doing basic tasks like keynotes starting all the way in kindergarten with moon phases and then we kind of move and they learn iMovie once they get to first grade and then it kind of continues to numbers when they get to third and fourth grade and we teach all of these skills that are important like word processing, presentations, video production um, from an early age through math 
through science, through history, um, and now added apps um, that the students enjoy like Flipgrid are able for us to use it even in world language to hear and um, speak and give feedback. So it's really just learning how to use the things that you're going to need in the real world um, to do with technology in the classroom in meaningful, effective ways so that the technology becomes an educational tool to help you enhance your learning in your life instead of just something that you're dependent on. So I couldn't help but flash back to that that team um, I was able to lead back in 2011. They came out with a number of recommendations. Uh, one of them was about professional development. Actually, is why we ended up with your position, Beth, technology integration coordinator. Again, it was an integrated approach. It wasn't to you know spend a lot of money to send teachers off campus to learn things. It was to try to create a community that would learn together. Um, actually, the portfolio came out of that group as a recommendation. Um, the uh, curriculum itself was really the leading right. uh, focus on that. Um, and then we talked about we need a device in every student's hand in order to make that happen. If technology is truly integrated as a part of their everyday life all day long, well, they've got to have a device. Um, and, and in some sense, having the school dictate that device was to try to make the technology not be front and center. <laughs> it was so that everyone have a device the school could help manage and the, you know, all the problems of technology we can with we all are, you know worry about could go away and we could just focus on learning uh, with technology exactly and that's um, every three years to four years we do a device refresh and that's kind of the whole purpose is for us to get a community together see what is working what's not working look to the future um, of what our students need in the classroom because having the same device is extremely important to us and that's what comes back to our committees that meet is you know, being able to have everyone in the kindergarten through fifth grade have an iPad so that all the teachers that teach that student know that they're going to have the apps they need. They know they're going to have the device they need. Um, and so they're not having to worry about some having one device and some having another. And that was one of the big, I know, parts in choosing Apple is because of its user friendliness and productivity tools um, and the ease of use for the teacher and student. Um, but it's not just a given that we're going to stick with that. I mean, we really do research and look into why we use these types of devices um, before each refresh. And that probably gets into the second myth, which is a lot of people think that we are an Apple Distinguished School simply because we have bought an Apple device for every student. Uh, and as you said already, it's not automatic. And actually, when you think back again to the beginnings, we were, we were not an Apple school. Uh, we were a Windows school. We actually had ever, no intention of becoming an Apple school. But it was through a lot of research school visits again going back to thinking about how do we best make the technology not be necessarily the focus here or the device not be the focus um, and, and we chose as a, as a teacher or faculty student body that apple would be uh, the best uh, approach for doing that um, and i think time has proved that to be a, a good choice um, we didn't know about apple distinguished school <laughs> that wasn't really the reason we were doing any of this we were just trying to create the best learning uh, environment for our students and, uh, and teachers. So I'd say that's probably another myth, is that uh, we, it's not just something you get because you buy all Apple devices. Right, um, because we didn't get the Apple Distinguished School till I guess it was my first year here, 2016. Right. And so, um, or my year and a half here. Um, so there were many years before that that we were in Apple School. Absolutely, um, I, I remember one of our um, Apple reps came to do a campus visit and uh, we gave him a tour and was just blown away <laughs> by what we were doing. You know, I think it had been meant to be a, you know, a typical visit maybe slash sales call, et cetera. Uh, but 
um, you know, the, the, that, that person invited someone else back and they were blown away. And then that's when they introduced us to this program that we had frankly not really ever thought about <laughs> uh, or maybe even even, even heard of. Um, so it was, it was very organic, very natural. Um, and again, our focus was never that. It was, right. it was really just on, our, on that signature program of ours, which was technology integration. And so that kind of leads me into, I'm just going to ask if that's okay. I'm going to kind of talk about some of the ways that we use technology in the classroom. And I'm going to first ask Patrick Cash, one of our fourth graders. We've been lucky enough to have Patrick since pre-K here at Darlington. So he has been um, using technology for many years. He's kind of gone through our whole scope and sequence that we have set up from the earliest stage to now. So we thought he'd be a great candidate to kind of talk to us about some of the things that he has learned in the classroom. So Patrick, what do you think is your favorite way to use technology at school? My favorite way to use technology at school is our educational apps and games like Notability and Mobimax. I, I also like Class Dojo. It's where we keep up with how many points we've earned. Like based on behavior and things like that, mm -hmm. paying attention, staying on task, that's cool. What about, um, you said Notability, what do you use Notability for? Um, we use it a lot in math, like say we're trying to we'll try to solve like a math problem, maybe like uh, two to four problems, and we'll just write it on there and just solve it on our iPad. Using like an Apple Pencil or Stylus, that's mm -hmm. cool. And what about, you said some creative apps that you use. What are some of those that you like creating? I really like Minecraft and I love coding on Tinker. And what do you think has been like your favorite technology project so far, would it be? My favorite technology project so far has probably been stop motion. A lot of people know that our theme this year is start your engine, just like starting your brain after a long summer. We got to use stop motion to make a race car. Very cool. So you just took lots and lots of pictures and you made the race car move? Yes, ma'am. That was really cool. All right, Mr. Enderly, I'm going to switch to you for just a moment. And um, I was just going to see if you could tell me some innovative ways that you are using technology now and looking forward to it in the future. So I don't know how innovative it is, uh, but when y'all asked me to come chat about technology, an example kind of came to mind. Um, so we're, we're studying sequences in Algebra 2 right now which we just, we kind of start, take a starting number, we have a rule, we repeat the rule and we get this list. And so we've been studying that and then we've looked at a few ways technology can help us just analyze the sequence or answer questions about it. Um, and we've looked at Google Sheets. So that's, a, that's something we've been, we've been working on and we've been learning how to use in Algebra 2. And uh, in a particular problem, uh, the students had to answer a question about a sequence. And there was nothing about technology in the, in the question, which is what, one of the things I loved about it. And then a kid just in the middle of class said, couldn't we use Google Sheets for this? Um, which I thought was really cool. And I said, I don't know, maybe. And he and his group tackled the question using a formula in Google Sheets. And, and it was great, it was really cool. They came up with their answer. And then other kids didn't use technology and came up with an answer as well. And we had this great discussion of you know, what are the pros and cons? What, what was the fastest way? What was the easiest way? Was Google Sheets the right way? And it was just a really cool discussion. Um, so that's kind of what comes to mind with what I've seen already this school year. 
Um, What's fun about that example to me is because there's a couple of things that you can dissect out of that. Yes. Like, number one, we talked about a common platform. You mentioned Google, mm-hmm. we're Google App School. Uh, it creates a baseline of common uh, understanding that our students and teachers have. It doesn't mean we're masters of mm-hmm. <laughs> Google Sheets, right? But it means that we, we, we probably all touched it. We know how to get into it really easily. You know as a teacher, every student can get to it mm-hmm. without really any extra effort, <laughs> right? It's already there and established. Then you can just focus on your learning, you know? And what's cool is you're learning math, uh, but then you're also learning the technology. Um, you know, even though math is your focus. And, and that's great. It's a great example of the right. technology integration. And Patrick, y'all are using that in science right now too for your speed of wind and you're making charts. Yes, ma'am. With the motion. So they're even doing that in fourth grade as well. Because out of our technology integration PLC, we found um, through Matt and some other um, teachers in our group that spreadsheets and um, data is like a huge part of the workforce right now. Like pretty much every career is using spreadsheets for something. Um, And so we really have, when we're rewriting our curriculum right now um, to kind of make it more current and robust, that's something that we noticed is a skill that's needed at a younger age. And so Dr. Natarella, who is Patrick's science teacher, um, has already jumped on that and started doing it in fourth grade now um, as a result from that. So that's really exciting. And a spreadsheet is not just what you traditionally think no. of it anymore. I have no <laughs> idea that it can do all the things it can do. Now. It's both like the, the communication side, like how do you communicate you know, your ideas and a lot of information? How do you analyze it? So how you actually crunch the numbers, uses a worksheet. Um, but then it also has a lot of advanced features. You can code in there. And, um, so it's, it, it really is a, c- a complex thing uh, that, we're, uh, that we're allowing our students to experience. Well, Patrick, how do you think um, technology, some different ways that technology has helped you during school? Um, last year during the Wax Museum, we honored frontline workers, but because of COVID, we weren't able to interview them in person. So we use Google Meets to interview our frontline workers. We can look up information on projects and technology. Okay. Very good, that's exciting. So all the things that you've talked about today are really exciting because they're all points that um, we really try to get here. You're learning how to program and code and tinker. You've made some cool projects there I've seen and then you've learned how to conduct an interview virtually. That was exciting, something that you did. And then you've learned how to play in Minecraft. Do you want to clear that misconception? Do you just play in Minecraft? I really like to build on Minecraft. I don't do survival a lot. I just I just love building and and I also really like Tinker. You can do all fun coding and you can also do like your custom Minecraft skins or items or blocks and you can transport them to Minecraft. Yeah, so you can code your own skins and different blocks to do different things in Minecraft. Very exciting. We just used uh, Minecraft in third grade this week to do uh, math problems and talk about place value, which was exciting to explore the passion of these kids for building um, and the engineering concepts behind Minecraft and them with math. Now, um, Mr. Andrew Lee, you have went back to school, is that correct? correct. And you're learning some new things that maybe you can teach me. What were some of those things? So uh, over the summer, I actually had a course called uh, Communication and Technology in Mathematics. And it was was great. It was, we did some things that I had already known about and then we learned some new things that I had never seen before. Um, But it really got me thinking about the tools we use in math. So we have a problem to solve, but then we've got to make a decision about what tool would be best 
to solve that problem. And so one of the, the things we looked at was coding in Python. Um, and it just opened my eyes to the different ways we could use programming and coding to solve the problems we're doing, even at the freshman level or in any high school math class. Um, so I learned a little bit of Python coding and I, I just kept thinking, how can we start to expose our students to this earlier on? Mm -hmm. um, and I don't, yeah, I don't have a, a, a great plan right now, but I just keep thinking, how can we solve even just simple equations using coding? And then they just know that it's out there and in the future they have already been exposed and, and can take it further if they want to. That's very exciting. Um, we do start our coding and programming. We try to start mm -hmm. in the primary grades with mm -hmm. some Spiros and high school students working with them to just see what the basic functions are. Mm -hmm. And then um, as we progress up then to middle school, we have a middle school mm -hmm. robotics team that really learns kind of how to program the robot. We now even have a coding club that the students have chosen in the middle school level um, that Miss Kinney is going to go help them with during their middle school academic club time. And then when they get to upper school, there are several robotic courses that they can take from basic to advanced. Um, there's an intro to computing, which is mm -hmm. kind of like computer science principles, which we're actually learning Python. Cool. So that might be helpful um, in your class. And then they can go to Mr. Edie's computer science, AP computer science course. Um, so we're really excited about the progress that we've seen. As Mr. Edie and I have talked, you know, we started with these young kids learning programming, well, we need to start building more in our middle school and upper school to be prepared um, for these kids as they start getting older. So seeing how they can integrate it into math is really exciting. Well, and I know you and I have talked about how can we join forces, kind of they're learning Python, we're learning algebra. How can we use Python to solve some algebra problems? And I've had some really cool conversation with students, even in Google Sheets or Python or whatever it is. If they don't know the math first, then the writing the code will be impossible. So that brings it back to this is why we're studying the math at all or to begin with. Because if we don't know that, we can't code something right. to solve a problem. So that's been a really cool conversation point with students also. Very exciting. Yeah, the, the technology integration program gets me really excited because it fits so many parts of the school cycle of learning approach. Um, so there is a skills-based curriculum piece to this. So we do have a technology integration skills-based curriculum. So there are fundamental things that we want our students to learn uh, at the appropriate grade level. Um, but I also really try to challenge people to think about it as a learning environment thing. So maybe taking it back to the first part of our conversation is it's, it's creating the platform, putting the platforms out there, giving the tools out there, you know, making all these things sort of possible. It's really just a starting point. Mm -hmm. So then Matt, when you're in your class, you're able, those things are able to happen almost organically, um, even or planned. It happens in both ways mm -hmm. and both are great. Uh, but it really is about the environment uh, that, we, that we do that in. Um, and, and besides the creative use of it and the technical use of it, we're of course um, uh, almost equally uh, interested in making sure our students know how to use it safely and responsibly. Um, and so uh, maybe that's for another podcast. Yes. <laughs> but would you, I will just insert that in there. Yes, that is a absolutely. very high priority for us. Um, and I think, you know, it, it allows that room for growth. So I heard Patrick talk about uh, using Google Meet and you know I can't help but think back uh, over the last 18 months uh, having that platform uh, in place another great example was just how we were able to get through the pandemic um, very quickly very in a very agile way uh, retool and, and be flexible and, and keep learning happening here uh, I thought that was just an extraordinary example not only of a school that can uh, that can uh, 
you know, be, be strong and, and uh, persist through that. But, but, but a school that had the, the means already in place and an infrastructure already in place and, and, the, and, the, and the students and faculty with a lot of knowledge already in place uh, to make that happen very seamlessly. Um, and maybe that takes me to that, to that last myth that I talked about in my, in my uh, blog, which was, um, you know, once you get an Apple Distinguished School recognition, as you're, as you're done. You, know, you put the banner on the wall and you pat yourself on your back and, um, and then uh, you just feel real good about yourself, but you're done. Um, and that's not true, is it, Beth? Um, absolutely not. That's when the real work gets to begin. So we're really excited. And this year we have a lot more opportunities from Apple than we've had before. So the Apple Distinguished School is a partnership. It gives us great resources for our teachers for professional development. Um, and it opens the opportunity for school visits from all over the globe. Um, we're really excited to hopefully host that over the next three years, schools from all over to come see the amazing things our school's doing. It's a huge honor. It also allows us to be able to work with Apple to pilot some really cool opportunities for the students coming up that I can't wait to announce um, once I get the go ahead. But it's some really great opportunities and I'm really excited because our DAR Tech team is going to get to be um, some of the first to try out some of these um, exciting, innovative things that Apple's offering us. So we're really looking forward to these next three years and what this partnership with Apple means, um, probably more so than ever. Um, we're really, really excited to see what it does for our students and our teachers um, to make our school just continue um, down the pathway that it's on. I'm with you on that. I, I always have to force myself to take a moment to, to uh, celebrate <laughs> and, and reflect as we do here at Darlington. Uh, but then I get much more excited about the future, uh, about the possibilities of continuing to grow this program and giving these students a great experience um, and, uh, and great opportunities um, in, in technology and all the areas that they can use it in, which is all the areas. <laughs> So uh, that's great. Thank you, everybody, uh, for being on today's podcast. Thank you. And thanks to all of you listening for tuning in to this episode of the Darlington Podcast. And I'll ask you to tune in every week, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe and, and maybe leave us a, a good five-star rating that helps. Check out today's show notes at www.darlingtonschool.org slash podcast. And if you have any questions about today's programs or ideas for a future episode, send an email to communications at darlingtonschool.org. The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the communication, advancement, and IT teams, and the intro music is student-produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org podcast.